Hey friends, there's a few dates in particular coming up, which I'd like to see as many 12 and a half as possible in the next few months. Um, March 15th and 16th, I'll be headlining Laughs Unlimited in Sacramento. Uh, April 5th, I'll be at the Last Best Comedy Club in Bozeman, Montana. Uh, I'd love it if we could get some 12 and a half in the crowd for those, uh, those particular dates. And the first week of May, I'll be at the MGM in Las Vegas. Be fun to party with you there. TJ will be in Syracuse February 16th and 17th. Raleigh, North Carolina, the Improv, March 8th and 9th. And uh, if you want more details about his dates, go to tjmillerdoesnotthaveawebsite.com. And enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. Answering the questions you don't have. Deep conversations in the shallow end. Two men with lots of ideas and less than an hour. Intelligent-ish. This is Cashing In with T.J. Miller. Hello, Mighty Ones. I'll be headlining Rooster Tea Feathers this week in Sunnyvale. That's Thursday through Sunday, March 5th through 8th. T.J. will be at Hyenas in Texas for those same dates. T.J. and I will be back together again in Houston at the Improv, March 20th through 22nd. And then the following week in Columbus at the Funny Bone, March 27th and 28th. I'll be headlining that Sunday, March 29th in Columbus. So come on out and say hello. We always enjoy meeting you and enjoy the podcast. I just, we were in Snowbird. Oh, this is the story of the bad parenting. Because yeah. once Cash brought me out into the middle of the ocean. Where was that? Uh, in La Jolla. It was in La Jolla, California. It was? Yeah. When? Absolutely. It was. We did San Diego together. Oh, right, right, right. Right after we did that Topo Chico episode. So on, the, <laughs> so on the way back, we stopped to go swimming in the ocean. And Cash took us out so far into the ocean. You told this story. I that At uh, one point, I thought I was going to drown. It was I know. literally a sink or swim situation. I there were myself, kayaks coming gotta... past us. I mean, I, I don't think we were in great danger. You, we were you think we were... We were so far out that it would take 15 minutes to swim to the shore. It wasn't perfect, I'll admit. But it wasn't perfect. It was a, a tiny bit... The kids are good swimmers, though. And they can crawl on my back. I can swim I with had... both of them on my back. Then there was well, a shelf a we place, could stand right, on. Which you didn't know was there. That's true. That's so true. So we found it, luckily, and April at one point was just on her tippy toes, staying on the thing with two kids, one of them crying. He was cold. And, and I you was know, crying. I was he crying was cold. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, you know, he's six, and the thing is, um, we were looking for sharks, and so I thought it was worth a little bit of a risk, but uh, yeah, it was, it was more... Uh, Daunting than I thought when we got out there. But I, I broke... lied and said he saw a shark so that no, it didn't I, seem I, like I did it was all one. for nothing. I did see one. No. But I will say this. You didn't want it to be all for naught. If you thought I was a bad parent on that trip, yes, I, I really blew that out of the water. No pun intended. Oh boy, here we go. Dry spit take. Dry spit take. <gasps> Let the wind do its job. Uh, yeah, I, we, went, we were in, um, we were in uh, Snow, Snowbird, uh, okay. Utah. And, you know, I did this this sort of... Um, when was this? What time of year? This was about three weeks ago. And, uh, was there snow? Was there it was cold? snow, yeah. And we were snowboarding and skiing. Uh, wind, skis, chance, snowboards. 
And I went up because Wynn's a better kid. I, He's a better human. <laughs> right. I went up there the day I'm before. A skier, you know, I and I went to I the I went to the top ones. of the mountain, and I thought um, it was a really tough run to go down. It was a black diamond type thing. It was it was kind of scary. It was pretty steep. But then the next day, the kids were with me. I was alone that day. The kids were with me the next day, and um, they were like, they looked like they had really like gotten pretty good, you know. And there's light, gentle snow was coming down. And I was like, you know, I think they can handle that black diamond because it's like really steep, but it's but it's it's really snowy and fluffy, and like if they fall, they're just there's no like cliffs or trees or anything. It's just really steep. And April was with us too. So Bono died. By the yeah. Way. Uh, well, okay, but he was going through trees. There was no trees out there. It's this huge like face of the mountain. And I thought, you know, I think they're ready for this. Actually, it's perfect for this right now because this fluffy snow is floating down gently on our heads. I was like, I think they're going to love it as the day ends. We're going to do that. Say? And April's like, yeah, and she trusts me as she probably shouldn't. Should not. And we get on the lift. And we go up there to the top of the mountain, and we get to the top, and I mean, there was a, it was a blizzard up there, like a, like a blizzard hurricane type thing. Later, we found out the, the winds were like 70 to 100 miles an hour. Yeah. Oh, my God. And it was terrifying. And we were all three of us, or four of us, because of the wind, we were all like blown off the lift. And, and it was like, I mean, it was pandemonium. There was... The ice was was shooting into our faces, just ice. The wind was blowing so hard, we couldn't even get back to the lift. Uh, Or I didn't think I could get us back to the lift. And I was like, I got to get us off this mountain. It was like, right away, it was like, this is really serious for two little kids. And my wife is not an experienced skier. And I'm like, I have to get us off this mountain. And I'm trying to... You're a pretty good skier. I snowboard, but I'm good enough so that I wasn't worried about myself. But I was really, it was, I mean, it was really vicious. It was the, like the wind hail was, or what was it? It was, it was ice, ice shooting sleep. straight into our faces, 70 miles an hour. I, Oh my God, it, I can imagine. It, it was absolute terrible. pandemonium. And I look off what and was, what were the kids doing? What were they the doing? kids were like, wind was immediately crying. It was very painful and very cold. April was freaking out, and I saw her in the distance because we kind of went ahead. We slid. We flew off the lift. We all fell. We flew down the mountain a little bit, slid down the mountain. April's way behind us, and she's giving me the sign like, we have to cut this down. And I'm thinking, she's going to go get help, and I'm going to try to get them down this mountain quickly before we get blown off the top of the mountain. You know, they closed the backside. It was absolutely, it was like, you know, footage from Everest. It was absolutely like... And I'm yelling, I'm like, we're going to be okay. We're going to make it. I was like, you know, and they, it was like really like extreme. My heart was beating. I'm trying to stay calm. But I mean, like, wind is freaking out. Yeah. And I also know that the only way I was going to get us to the Black Diamond was this sort of catwalk. You know, these little catwalks, yeah, they're very icy. And I was like, we can't be on that icy part on top of the mountain. We're going to get blown off the side of the mountain. So we're going to have to go down right here, which I found out later, it's turned out it's a double black diamond. We need to go straight down because I'm like, we have to get out of this wind, like immediately, or we're going to die up here. <laughs> no, you're going to yeah. die. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I'm serious. Weren't there other people there? Up was there was no one up there. Oh, my God. Okay? So April gives me this thing like... What I, about the guy at the lift? There's no... No one guy? was there oh that we God. could see. Okay, now I guess I'll tell you what happened. So April leaves. So I, I'm like... She gives me the thing. And I'm like, we can't get these two kids. It's going to be harder to get back up to the lift somehow. I'm going to have to get them off the side of this mountain before we freeze to death. And 
we try to go down the mountain. It's so steep. Wynn immediately loses his skis and just is like completely. They don't even have good equipment. Like they don't even have full like they have jackets, but they're not, they don't have like adult jackets. They have like little hand me downs that kind of yeah. thing. And like you know, his skis come off and he's bawling. And Chance is staying pretty stoic. And man, that kid. So we get his skis back well, on, and then is, we wipe out a second time. It's very young. He's much younger than We Chance. wipe out a second time, and his, and his gloves fly off, and I'm trying to find his gloves. It's a Win. whiteout. Yeah, wins. It's a whiteout. I can't see anybody. And I'm like, we're going to make it. I'm like, we're going to get out of this wind. And I'm like, I'm like, guys, stay calm. I will not leave you. Because like he's just screaming. Yeah. And, and he's like, where's mommy? I'm like, she's going to take care of things. I'm like, we're going to get out of this. And I'm like, I will not leave you. And, and like, because even if I left them for like 10 feet, they weren't going to be able to see me because it was so extreme. You couldn't see anything. So we have to almost hold hands. But how do you do that and ski and snowboard at the same time? So we're basically falling down the mountain. And the coolest thing about it was. Why didn't you take off your snowboard and just walk them down? I mean. Um, you got to leave your snowboard behind. I. That's the most reasonable thing that I could have, should have, but it's a long way down. Yeah, yeah. And I don't even know how long it would have taken to do that, and I don't know how long it's going to be windy like this. Yeah. Did you get wind back in the skis? I got wind back in the skis. I got his gloves back on. He has ice covering his face. His ice ice is covering his face, and I'm already thinking, you have like... 15 minutes before this gets absolutely diabolical and I'm freaking out and it's so steep because we're on a double black diamond now with two little kids with no real experience. It's the stupidest thing, right? Just the dumbest thing to put your family in danger like this. I was so upset with myself, but I was like, the coolest thing about it was seeing how stoic Chance is. I mean, just just the, the way that kid stepped up and was like, just worried about his brother he was like, you're going to be okay, buddy. You know, he was like helping him with the skis and like hugging him and stuff as I tried to get his gloves back on him and like, you're going to be all right, man. He's like, you're tough. You're, you were built for this. Like he's like trying to help him. Wow. It was really awesome. He really stepped up. I know you don't love him or even like him, but, no, but, he, <laughs> but, but in uh, this instance, he's he, helping the kid. That he I really, like, yeah, so he really I'm, stepped up. It was like, I couldn't believe. I'd say at this point, I'm fine with him. Yeah. The stoicism that he showed in the in the in the in the mouth of like danger was was pretty amazing. Um, we eventually get down out of the uh, the the the, uh, the windy parts, the hurricane yeah. parts, and we get all the way down the mountain. We get to this lodge. It took us about fifteen minutes. We're still freezing. Wind was crying pretty much the whole time. Yeah, of course. I get him into some like uh, hot chocolate and stuff, and now I realize like I call April and she doesn't pick up. I'm just freaking out. I'm just, I was just like losing my mind. Like, where did she end up? Like, I left my wife on the mountaintop. Yeah. They had closed the backside of the mountain. Did she get blown over the side? I was freaking out. And then finally she called me. She went back up to that lift and the guy wouldn't get out of the booth. He like yelled like, I'm not coming out. Like he was like, it was like that windy. And he said, we're not allowed to come out. And like, and so moment to be a hero. So she found somebody from New Jersey and he helped her down the mountain. Apparently he was like, you're fucking up my day. And uh, she said he was really nice, though. But he was like, you you know, you're fucking up my whole day. But he took her that bus, but he took her down the mountain. And, um, you know, I 
It was the dumbest thing. All I can say is I, that I guy really in the lift is what a terrible. Guy. Well, He's look, I'm. I mean, look, I understand it's not Disneyland, and I know that that particular resort takes a lot of pride in like having real expert skiers. You don't see kids on that mountain. It's supposed to be the most vertical in the. What's it in called? It, it's called Snowbird. It's the most vertical feed in in America, actually. Wow. Um, it's real up and down, and the thing is. I understand that I did something stupid, but at the same time, when you close off the backside, I just, I just, I'm surprised no one before we got on that lift was like, "Hey, it's a fucking hurricane on yeah, top. Yeah, Maybe yeah, you guys yeah. shouldn't go That's, up there." Yeah. Like, I'm surprised if they close the backside that they let us go up there. I mean, I understand it's it's a wild, it's nature, and you got to live with it. I'm not like I would never would have, you know, done anything towards them, you know, towards snowboard. But I was a little bit like, God, that was pretty extreme. Like, shouldn't some people be up there? Uh, kind of. Well, I mean, we got thrown off the lift. The wind was so strong, we didn't get off. We, well, got, that, we were guy, just... that guy should have gotten out of there and helped. But you know, the end of the story, of course, is that wind lost his nose to frostbite, <laughs> and that's just. But you know what? The end of the story Chance is really stepped up. I think it's the end of the story is all they did was go to school and tell their friends they did a double black diamond. And all it is when you have a terrible, difficult thing you get through, all it becomes your worst moments in your life become your best stories. And I told him I, I don't at the, think that that's night. That's always true. Now, if you get through it, if you get through your worst moments, and that's what I think when I'm having a terrible show, I'm like, this is just going to be a good story. Eventually, yeah. you know, like in 45 minutes, this is over, and this is going to be a funny story that no one was listening to me because well, there li- was a life adversity. Usually, you end up saying, you know, getting through that was the best thing that could have happened, and it makes you feel better about yourself. Like everyone stepped up in their own way, you know. Um, I mean, Chance showed himself to be a Chance real hero. You, so you abandoned Wynn, your wife. Win showed a lot of heart. April found out how to get down there, and Win lost his nose. Win showed a lot really... of heart, and I said, you know, guys, this we'll all learn from this. This won't happen again. You know, uh, we all learned that you can't just go to the top of a mountain when it's snowing and did the other kids the were same. they impressed that they had done a double black time um chance i told him i go no one the one thing you have to remember is no one cares about your stories about your trip and he was he was like dad i told the kids at school and you're right no one even got to the end of the story really yeah yeah <laughs> people don't love what? to hear about you know what People are so selfish. All they're doing is thinking about themselves. Well, they're not thinking about, about, about me you are. and how you great I am. Why would people? If people spend more movie. time, if people spend more time thinking about me and not themselves, selfishly thinking about themselves, then I think they'd be a lot happier. But that's you know what? I'm I'm just a guy that tries to tickle people with my with my mind, and my stories, and my mind. words. Sure. We have a great thing that we do, and I don't know if you've noticed on the podcast, but we have this thing, it's called Conversation, where I actually, we both talk, and then the other guy listens, and then it's like, and sometimes I'll listen, and then it's like a... Well, and then other yeah. times you'll talk, and yeah. often I'll be listening, and then occasionally yeah. we'll both talk at the same time, but then we'll yeah. stop and both listen and yeah. wait and see who's going to talk again. Yeah. The other person usually listens. And sometimes we understand each other, sometimes we don't, but that's not the point. The point is we're making the effort to communicate. Uh-oh, here come two guys on a Jeep Gladiator. <laughs> oh, look at hey. that. Oh. I love Gladiator. Gladiator. <laughs> oh, boy. It's like a G, but in the back, there's a truck bed. <laughs> Don't come and knocking if this truck bed is a rocket. Ooh, look at those two guys over there. Is that the fella from Elvis Christmas Party? Hello. Hi. Oh, boy. You ever been in a gladiator? I'm talking about from behind, not from front. Watch out for my gladiator breastplate. Who said breastplate? I did. Hey guys, thank you. Yeah. 
This is so embarrassing. Gosh. That really was. Those uh, those, those guys in the those gladiator? Those guys are my father. Both of them? Yeah. Wow. I, I did not know that. Uh, ouch. But it's not... It's Wild not, stuff. Uh, it's not... Uh, is that the wrong time for it's that? Not, no, it's not... <laughs> it's not that I... Uh, it's not that I have two fathers, you know, yeah. my two dads, that type yeah. of thing. That's not the case. It's that my father is two individual effeminate men in the yeah. back of a Jeep Gladiator. Yeah. So when I was born, he wasn't able to be in the delivery room because the Jeep Gladiator is a very large <laughs> car. And so him being I didn't know they had two back effeminate then. men yeah. in the back of a Jeep Gladiator, they, he had to wait in the parking lot, which I think was embarrassing for him. So that that there is my father, two effeminate wow. men. In a Jeep Gladiator. Okay, see you later, son. Oh, they're back. They're back. Oh, see you later, then, son. Okay. <laughs> bye, bye, little baby. All right, son. I'm real proud of you. Okay, let's take the rest of me, aka this Jeep Gladiator, to the library. Yeah. Oh yeah, Dad. <laughs> so I'm sorry. Bye, guys. Bye, or bye, Dad. Bye, individual. It's just been a nightmare growing up. Because <laughs> my mother's, be my mother's yeah. a regular woman with a yeah. lobster claw on her left yeah. hand. I've heard about that. But outside of that, she's just as normal as they come. But you then, have three parents. No, I don't. I have two parents. One is my mother mm-hmm. with a lobster claw. And the other is my father is two effeminate men in the back of a Jeep Gladiator. Yeah, And that's my father. So it's not two different people. It's th- it's not three different entities. Your mom doesn't have guys your mom doesn't have to use the tongs at the salad bar because she has the lobster claw. Is That's that correct? Right. Is That's that correct? My understanding I'm, is she's- I'm surprised that you sort of doubled back to the lobster claw at the salad bar when I'm telling you that my father yeah. is two gay guys <laughs> in the back of a Jeep Gladiator. <laughs> the entirety of that is my father. Can you yeah. imagine the PTA conferences? Yeah, they'd say they'd say they'd say uh, you know parent parent come to your uh, your kids class day or whatever you call that. They come in and show and tell. You know they'd say so. What are the what are the three what are the two of you do? And um, you know they'd say what do you mean the two of us? It's me and this guy. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's me too. <laughs> and we're in the back of the Jeep Gladiator. I'm his dad. You are? No, we are. But I am. What do you mean? You, the, you, you are? And the Jeep Gladiator. All of us are his dad. So the gladiator the, the too? The Jeep Gladiator is his dad also? <laughs> no. His dad, me, is me. And me. Honk, honk. And the Jeep Gladiator would honk. So it's sort of a Transformers Voltron yeah, type of situation. That's a lot of, but yeah. I got made fun of. You know, they'd call me, well, uh, a couple of the nicknames they'd call me were. Uh, Old Jeep Gladiator with two gay guys in the back of a truck, Dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, another that. one was uh, Gladiator Father. Mm-hmm. That was shorter. And, but they no, they would they would sort of put an S on the end. They mm-hmm. could, but in a passive aggressive way, they'd be like, "Oh, look, here comes old Gladiator Father." Gladiator Father, yeah, fathers, yeah, you not know, Gladiators would, Father. Oh, oh, yeah. how's your Gladiator Father? Yeah, and I'd say, "What's that little S sound at the end, huh?" Why don't you tell me? What are you, snake? You goddamn snake hissing it up, hissing it up about my dad, my individual singular dad made up of two effeminate men in the back of a Jeep gladiator. <laughs> and that's when they would say, all right, you got to go to detention. <laughs> well, I, I didn't know any of this about you. I feel like I knew everything about you at this point. We've done this show for so many years and then well, what, we find out something you know, like you, this. You thought you this, met my father this really shapes wedding. my... 
Yeah, this shapes my. Listen, uh, you you thought you met my father at the wedding, but that that was actually an actor. I paid to hire someone else to pretend to be my mm, father. Okay. But the guy that he paid to be my father didn't show up. So you paid someone to pay somebody else. So the actor that I paid you had a middleman somebody. To, yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. it ended up that the middleman actor had to impersonate mm-hmm. my father. Starting to understand. And that was weird that. because he is, um, as you saw when you met him, he's four foot three. Mm-hmm. And he weighs about 240 pounds. Which person? The person you hired or the person you The person I hired to hire the actor okay, yeah. to impersonate. Yeah. So the actor, he's an actor. Uh, yeah. He's been in a lot of films. He was in Butterball 2, um, mm-hmm. Raised to the Bread. <laughs> <laughs> he was in... <laughs> He was in, in Roly Poly, the original Roly Poly, and then Roly Poly 3. <laughs> He skipped Rolling Poly 2. He didn't think it was going to be a franchise, but they brought him back for three. And then uh, he was also in uh, Tommy Tumbleweed Goes to Pioneer Town. And that was... Um, was he Was he in the sequel to... Was he in Yentl uh, 19? Hmm? He might have been in Yentl... Hmm? I think he was... That was Yentl... He, Yentl, he, Yentl he did a cameo... Yentl 19. Hmm? He, he, he did a cameo in... Uh, Lentil 19 is a meatball. <laughs> Just a big one. He called himself a not so spicy meatball. And uh, and then he, you know, he was in a couple uh, things. Frankie Smacker, Electric Boogaloo 2. I think, yeah, I think he might have. No, I, you know what? I don't think he was in that one. He was in, um, uh, he was in Boulderado Springs, mm-hmm. uh, Return of the Wet Cookie. Mm. And uh, that one is actually another actor who uh, that that guy was I think four foot six, wasn't he? But he weighed, I started he weighed 300 pounds. So well, wet. I remember when he was 300 pounds. I because was, wasn't he the he was lead? A disc. He was wasn't a he lead in the movie Heartland Daddy? Heartland Daddy, <laughs> wasn't he? Yeah, well, that he was played, a great movie. No, Heartland Daddy. He played a uh, he played an. Ottoman. Remember the guy just walked around with a he swizzle. An in he that walked one. around with a swizzle stick the whole <laughs> movie. That was quite you a know? Remember Walking Tall? The guy walked around with a bat the whole movie, but this this one, Heartland Daddy walked around with a swizzle stick. Yeah, a swizzle stick meaning uh, like a Twizzler. Yeah, a little swizzle stick that you you know mix your drink with. Oh right, the yeah. swizzle stick. And he would just be whipping people upside the head with that thing. Yeah, well, lethal. You know, lethal. They, those can be lethal. That's uh, mm-hmm. that's forty six degree murder. Lethal Weapon Seven, <laughs> Heartland Daddy version. Yeah, yeah. Um, he played a grenade in. Uh, Flambo Six, Return of the Flamboyant Rambo Who Likes Flambe. Uh, so that was a big one. Yeah, that one didn't do well in the theaters, it but it was, but it, 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 well you know, theaters. great. It skyrocketed. Of, well, on Laserdisc, yeah, a lot of people. Skyrocketed yeah, on yeah, Laserdisc. Lot, lot of, every time I go into someone's house, they've got that movie on Laserdisc. Yeah. And it's like, oh, Laserdisc. watching that again? Um, I, was it you and me that were walking? I like I a said, square desk. That's I, just me. Some people like a round one. I like a square desk. I was with Kate and I said, uh, I just yelled out as we were walking down the street in Los Angeles. I yelled out, big dick, no pants. Mm. And uh, some guy walked by and kind of gave us a look. And Kate's like, I mean, you're, it's that guy just walking by and that's what he hears. 
He's just that's his. You you emasculated someone on stage so proficiently <laughs> last night. One of my favorite things the is Irvine, when you will California. where you the Irvine Improv. You know, a lot of comedians when they're sort of dismantling someone, we all have our own techniques for kind of getting through a heckler type situation. But yeah. and some guys, I, I, the to ones be fair, that, this guy was a really bad. The guy. ones I don't like as much the the comics that like make fun of somehow someone looks or whatever. TJ takes it to a place where it always ends up where they're dying and no one cares. And I love, I love how long it takes to get there, but it it's you you'll take you'll do like a six minute diatribe about their life and how meaningless it is and how it gets worse and worse. And then at the end, as they die, they realize they're alone and everyone around them is happy they're dead. Yeah, they're gonna be happier. <laughs> and and the only thing that precedes this is them saying maybe even one thing. No, he did. He goes, yeah, I was he said, to tell yeah. somebody to be quiet. Yeah. And uh, I asked them, who, who said that? And they didn't do it. And then I said, all right, well, I'm going to sell, you know, I'm going to talk about my hot sauce. And some guy just goes, tell jokes. And I just was like, wow, wait a second. And the audience kind of goes, oh, but they're not really saying that like, oh, he got you. They're just all like, uh, what? It's just, it's a, it's a weird reaction audiences have. And then I kind of handled them a little bit, but then I started to really get in. Yeah. You stop and you go. First thing I said was never be a father. You would be a horrible right, father. Right. And then I'll recontextualize it to say him as a father. But then <laughs> and how horrible he would it's be. Such a dismantling. That the, kid, that the kid, you know, his kid is playing soccer and yeah. he, he gets kicked in the leg and he falls over and he's like, Daddy, I hurt myself. And you're just like, play soccer. Yeah. And that didn't quite connect. So then I just went into talking about how meaningless his life is, how he'll never have a true connection with another yeah. person. Yeah. And then how his know, wife's cheating on him. I mean, yeah. there's just so many different, <laughs> so many different aspects of his yeah, that bad was life. Actually a great one. I was talking about, uh, you know, he'll never have a true connection with somebody. And so if he ever gets married or if he is, his wife is always like, oh, I could do better. I could have done better. Yeah. Why didn't I wait it out? So she starts cheating on him and he's like, how could, you do this to me and she said get a bigger dick <laughs> I, just, I just went into when i eventually hear you, him on his deathbed he's like i'm so glad you're with me and she in her mind is like i can't wait till this is over and i can get somebody with a regular sized dick <laughs> it's so disproportionate she'll be she'll be there with you if physically but yeah. mentally you'll be completely alone yeah yeah that, that, i remember you saying that i mean it's so disproportionate sometimes to the thing that they've just said to you. I just, and I'll be in the green room and I'll be like, you know, kind of listening to the background of your set. And then I'll be like, and I'll hear you start to lay into someone like, and I just run out to the showroom. I'm like, oh, I got to see this. He's going to dismantle somebody. Now, let me ask you this. When you're just starting comedy, when I, when I, when, when you're just starting company or comedy, when you start, when you, you know, you don't have those chops where you know what to say in a heckler situation. So most of us just learn one line at that point, and you end yeah, up dropping it never. I don't work. come to that, right? I don't come down to your work and slap the dick out of your Right. Mouth. Now, I always thought that was too harsh. I never said that one time. Really? I, my version was, uh, yeah, I don't come to your job and unplug the Slurpee machine. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you hear different versions. And it is comforting to have even one line at that point when you've just been doing it for like three or four months. You're yeah. like, and it, you know, it's not... Or two or three years. And a comic will tell you, hey... If someone's coming after you, don't worry about being hacky or not. All bets are off. You'll learn how to do this in an original way later. But, yeah. hey, defend yourself up there. They don't want to see you back down. 
Yeah, no way. Um, but the problem is when you have a really good line or two, some people launch into it before they should. They haven't warmed up the crowd. The crowd doesn't really love it. You have to make sure the crowd likes you first yeah, yeah, before yeah. you're going to lay into someone. Sometimes, remember, I was in Irvine where... Oh, yeah. And the guy went after <laughs> me. He was so like... Crazy. And I was like... And I was like... Uh, I go... Uh, Something I go, this guy was on his cell phone for my first like three minutes of my set. And finally, I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, why are you on your cell phone or something? He's like, my cell phone, because you haven't said anything funny tonight. Yeah. Because like, ooh. Was, and I knew that if I. He was texting or he was on the phone? He was texting, but it was pretty, just it had gone on for too long. Yeah. And the thing is, the crowd didn't like me enough for me to pound him too harshly. I just used one line and I'm like, revenge is served best chilled on ice right i'm thinking like you're gonna just wait you gotta get the credit like you first that's what you said there? in my mind oh, in my yeah. mind yeah. i was like just i just kind of said one quick thing to him but i didn't shred him did you say anything i don't remember I, I don't remember i just remember thinking it's too early it's too early to shred him because you haven't proven yourself to this there's 500 people you haven't proved yourself yet. And then I waited till the end of the set. I even closed out my set. And then I told him that, you know, I'd like to kick him in the face. And uh, <laughs> that was my... And, uh, you really did. Yeah. I heard some of that. But you really were like, I, I was never like, wanted to kick a human being in the face. I was like, I've I done comedy for so long. And I really think you're the worst person that I've ever met. You're a terrible human yeah, being. Yeah, and yeah. he had annoyed people enough during the course of the show that now they all were with me. But you got to make sure they're with you before you do that kind of stuff. I think that's right. And my biggest and best trick is recontextualizing the behavior. So whatever they said, however they said it, you just take it to this would be you as a parent. Yeah. This is you in a relationship. This is you in an emergency situation where a stranger is in danger. Mm-hmm. Um, and it almost always sort of gets people to realize like, yeah, that guy's a real dick. He isn't adding anything to humanity. And I sort of will go that angle sometimes too. Like I'm like, honestly, I hate to say this, but... If you died, the world would be a better place. Yeah, that's it. Just, good, it just yeah. would. And yeah. I'll go, if there were no repercussions, I would kill you. I would, because it would be for the betterment of everybody that's else. 27, because you, that's 27th degree murder. When you actually. No repercussions, you kill somebody reverse, it's better for you. You reverse hackle people to death. Yeah. Let's do a triple. Let's do something we like to call a triple, triple banger lightning round. If you have no sense of smell, um, is that enough to get a handicapped parking space? If your nose is stuffed up for long periods of time, I mean, what what are the parameters I think if, on this? I think if physically you can't smell, <laughs> yeah, I think you can make a thing where it's like, I mean, I don't, you know, if I get out in the middle of the parking lot and I don't smell any exhaust or somebody's honking their horn and I don't smell it, what am I going to do? I my smell is so bad it affects my hearing, so yeah. I it, I could I I may not know where the other cars are. Yeah, I think my you whole could, depth you could make a case for that. It's been thrown be off. For It'd my be smell. interesting to hear. And I the wonder how many people mm-hmm. have been. I'm going to look this up too. How many people have been born without a sense of smell? You know, because you think that's even a real thing. It oh, some people be. have much better smellers than other, and that's one thing I love much about better smellers. And I'd like you guys to yeah, know that Cash Cash uh, calls noses smellers. Well, you know, uh, I was I used to be a physician, and that was actually what got me fired. <laughs> I'd walk in and go, I hear your your smellers all stuffed yeah, up. Because you did rhinoplasty. They don't like, yeah, they say, don't like. Boy, you got quite a smeller on you. Let's see if we can get that smeller a little less smelly. <laughs> Meet me in the alley. I'll be in the back of the Jeep Gladiator with two effeminate guys. Gladiator. I, you know, um, yeah, I, I really do think um, it's good to marry some. 
I love my wife. One reason is because she doesn't smell that well and she isn't the greatest smeller and it doesn't, it puts a lot of, it takes a lot of pressure off me. They don't have to be showered all the time and like, you know. She doesn't have a good sense of smell. It, that's Kate. good to be married to someone that doesn't smell that, like they don't have a great smeller. It's true. Um, you know? Kate. Uh, clogged up honker. Clogged up honker. Yeah. Honk. Yeah. Uh, uh, Kate and I have a strange thing where if your pheromones match really well, the other person doesn't smell bad to you. Mm, so when she has really true. strong body odor, I mm-hmm. smell it and it doesn't smell bad. It doesn't bother me at all. Her breath, my wife, when it's bad, doesn't bother me at all. My much. wife has never had bad breath to me. It doesn't bother me. Yeah, you're right. There's a huge, huge uh, element of relationships uh, as far as that goes in terms but of like you know, meeting someone and liking. It's a pheromone thing. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. And so that's why I think meeting people online is is flawed. It's dangerous. I mean, and you I, can't I, sniff them. You, you, you got to be able to. There needs to be a scratch. Scratchandsniff.com. Scratch and sniff. Right? Tinder. Where you get to scratch yeah. the other person. Yeah. Scratch Tinder, sniff. Sniff right. and tend. <laughs> sniff and sniff tend. Com, where you can scratch and sniff the other person and get a feel for if it's going to. Because that. It's the got, smell is important. It is. Studies suggest that approximately one in 10,000 people are affected by congenital. And osmia. Clogged up honkers. This includes people affected by isolated congenital anosmia, no additional symptoms, and those with congenital anosmia caused by specific genetic disorders, such as Kalman syndrome or congenital insensitivity to pain. So yeah, what do you have to do to have the pheromones come through the computer? Radon How long is, is that o- osmotic. She isn't able to smell. Congenital anosmia, being born without a sense of smell, is a rare condition. Acquired smell loss is more common. Wow. Life without a sense of smell can be a grayer, scarier place. Well, and, and I think le- you get a handicap space. I think you have a handicap space then. I think that works. You no, know, this is true. Look at this. Pradon is afraid she won't be able to stay safe if she lives on her own. She isn't able to spell. She can't tell if milk is sour or if she's burning something on the stove or if there's a gas leak, and that worries her. Uh, it actually didn't even strike me as being a big deal until I got to college. Um, her family did her smelling for her back in New Jersey. Now that I'm searching surrogate for smellers or place, yeah, seriously, that she had surrogate smellers. Yeah. Place to live as an independent person. I find more and more the sense of smell is crucial how we live our lives. Um, she she doesn't know. She thinks she was born. With it, because as a child, she liked. Uh, she said she liked to eat and ate a lot. There is a point where she lost interest in food. Um, when they have a smell problem, food doesn't taste right anymore, because eating and smelling go hand in hand. So I think you could you could say, look, this is this is pretty food. You know, this is a pretty big deal. And then if they say, well, is it really that dangerous for you? So well, I can't tell if a car is coming, or smell if there's a fire. And when I have Chinese food, it's really bland. And then I think the cop will take yeah, pity on you because Chinese absolutely. food is very flavorful. It extremely. But if you can't sniff it, you won't whiff it. And I'll tell you what, you're just gonna jiff it. <laughs> and this is Bebo Hip Hop with rhyming words that don't make sense. And that's my two cents of smell. Hit it. This is Dinky Frost on KMBC, the Taster. The Taster. The hey, let's move it along to essential question of human nature. This is sniff one hundred six point. The smell. Let the honker do its job. <laughs> um, why uh, essential question of human nature? Why why are they? Why are we not riding bareback on the track? Like why why uh, horse racing? Why why do they have saddles? 
It'd be more exciting if they were riding bareback. I think it's really hard to ride bareback. Uh, exactly. I, to see grow, those jockeys flying off the K-A horses. grow up on a horse farm. But she, to see the jockeys flying off the horses, it seems like that'd be exciting. Like I, I, I feel like it'd be a good thing. It's like a, a car race where the guy gets thrown out of the, the car. Like, yeah, that's Bareback. Everyone knows that bareback is the more macho way to ride. Right? I mean, you can do it. I think the saddle, this would be a good one for bareback. Tuck the Ruckus. To, bareback racing. Talk to Ruckus, he, um, you know, I don't even know if he can ride bareback. You know, I think the saddle is just such a Western European thing. We yeah, friend, I, I would like to see bareback we've talked That's about the way the, the Native Americans did it. We've talked about the horse thing a little bit. We have a friend that didn't come to our wedding because um, she couldn't afford it. and But she has a horse. I think if you have a horse and you say you can't afford things... It's like he, she was having money problems, but she had like two or three horses, and it was like you, you have a horse. I hate to say, take this. the horse, bring the horse to our. You ride the horse to our wedding. Yeah, yeah right. You don't even. You know what I mean? Fly. You've got transportation. Well, I hate to say it, but my mother-in-law owns three horses. Okay, she always okay. had horses, and she has money problems very oh, often. Okay, and the thing is, it's once, a weird excuse. Here's what it is: once you acquire the horse, um. It's not that expensive, especially if you get it as a baby. And the upkeep on a horse, especially if they get sick, is but, very but expensive. But that's what I'm saying. If, hold on. If, so, hold okay. on. Yeah. It's very expensive. And the thing about a horse, unlike a car, is you can't be like, you know what? I'm running out of money. i got to sell my car because you've built an attachment to this horse. Uh, that's true. It's basically the same thing as that's saying, true. hey, you're having money problems? You should sell your dog. Well, you're right. And it's, it would be really hard for It's insensitive to sell of me. Their dog. It's insensitive. No, it's not. It's and you know what my excuse is? Clogged up honker. You got a yeah. I'm not sensitive. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not sensitive to things. It's my fault. I'd like to apologize to the horse gonna, lovers out there. I'm gonna let you sit in this. You gonna let it slide? No, I'm you're not gonna let, let it slide. Yeah, okay. I'm gonna let you really you sit let in. me really. Well, we're gonna have to finish up here because we got to do. We got to get out of here. What about? Ma- let's do some maskers. Yeah, that's what I was gonna... thinking. Let's do a few maskers. I miss you guys. Uh, I'm glad that you keep listening. Thank you and for gonna... listening. We're gonna keep making more of these. We're excited. We're gonna. I'm staying an extra week in Los Angeles, and we need next episode. We're gonna talk about hot and tasties. Some hot and tasties. We're gonna talk about buttery uh, legs. So buttery, Uh, so buttery. We actually got a new mascot, and that's uh, the actor that I hired to hire the actor (laughs) to play my father. Um, again, he's a the little, star of Heartland Daddy. Over four feet, he weighs about two forty, and uh, he was in Butterball too, uh, <laughs> headed for the bread, headed for the bread. From uh, the people that brought you Moon Wizard. Yeah, I mean Butterball too, headed for the, the bread. Producers of uh, uh, Greg Zilla, one of our favorites, writes: "Isn't a ceiling just an overhead wall?" Yes, I like that. Yeah, one. I like it. Overhead that is, walls. it's an overhead wall, and then a floor is a, an underhead wall. Yeah, underhead wall. Did you say underhead wall? Yeah. Walking on the ceiling, Jabba Wookie. No, it's, a floor is a horizontal wall. That's Jabba Wookie writes: Do I need an AC when I can just sleep on my air hockey table? I, an air, an air bed, you say? Do I need an AC, like an air conditioner, when I can just sleep on my air hockey table? Yeah, and I think, can you call... They are pretty cool. You, you can say, hey, uh, you know, I have an air bed for you. Can you tell somebody, like, oh, yeah. we have an air bed. And yeah. you go, oh, you can got an inflatable mattress? Not exactly. And then you have them sleep on your... Airbnb. Is that a new Airbnb where you don't even have a house for the person? Well, that would be called air... Or even an apartment. That would be air hockey b Air hockey b and then you just have them sleep on an air hockey table. I like it. 
um, snail trailing, who we also is one of our favorites, yeah, yeah. is marijuana a performance-enhancing drug for an eating competition. So if you're in an eating competition, mm-hmm. an eating contest, mm-hmm. if you've gotten high beforehand and you just crush a couple pies or a whole pizza or two, yeah, is yeah. that a... Folks. Yeah, it's, it, I, I would say yes. I mean, if it makes you hungry, but marijuana doesn't always make people hungry, does it? Mm. It kind of does. Folks, the police have a new marijuana test. What they do is they pull you over and they bring a big, giant, steaming burrito up to your window. Yep. If you eat it, they know. <laughs> Unless you have <laughs> anosmia. That's one of the first like marijuana jokes ever written, I'm sure. Xanerhood. Um, uh, yeah. Z-A-N-E-R hood. Right, saying please and thank you to Alexa, polite or submissive to the robot overlords. I'm so rude to uh, to the robots. To Siri, is that what you call her? I call her yeah. Siri because I don't think we should have to, you know, commit any of those names to memory or even say them correctly. I don't understand why people correct me when I go it's Siri or I say Siri, right? And you guys always correct me. You're always like it's Siri. Yeah, why do I can, you say Because I can call her whatever the fuck I want. She's not a real Jesus. thing. I can call her whatever I want. She's annoying. That's what she is. I say terrible things to her. I, I really, I don't like her. I don't. Her voice is very scolding. I feel really? like I'm being like sort of in trouble all the time. Yeah, I, I do. Sometimes I get frustrated with them. I'm like, just shut like, the fuck up. I'm yeah. trying. You know, it's funny is I wrote, I, I was doing this. <coughs> Excuse me, I'll do it on there. I'll do it on here, here with this other one. I'm just writing now. Uh, it's Cash Levy and me um, asking for maskers. Ask the masters no mask questions. <laughs> Which, thank you guys for not doing that recently. Ask, because it is Ask the Masters. And it's masters, we couldn't call it asters. That yeah. just wouldn't make sense. No, no. no mask questions. Um, uh, give us a maskers. Um, okay, so what I would do is I would at, I would say something crazy to Siri, and it was it was off of Megan O and me saying, uh, you know, get nasty. Are you about to get yeah, nasty? Yeah. Like, Which you've been saying I'm, all I'm weekend. As nasty as I want to be. Yeah, I love it. So That's that. your thing this weekend. But like, we'll go you're like going to get nasty. Yeah, we'll, we're going to get yeah, really nasty. We'll go. We'll go like this. Ready? So it's um, I would I would just say crazy things, and then I would repeat what she thought it was. So yeah. I would go, Hey Siri. Get nasty with the nasty, nasty naughties and make sure when you're getting nasty, it's the dirty, nasty stuff. Sorry, I missed that. Could you say it again, please? So then I would say, oh, this is funny. Hey, Siri. Oh, damn it. See, then it takes it away and I can't bring it back up. And right now it's transcribing everything that I'm saying. And then I would stop. And so then I bring it back up and I'd read what I said earlier and what Siri thought it was. So I go, look, look what she thought I said. Yeah. Hey, Siri, get nasty with the nasty. Na- Damn it. And then it would start. She because I said, hey, Siri, when I was reminding when I was reading out loud what she thought I said, she would engage again. And then so I couldn't ever read the thing that I told her. See, it's a bad relationship. I that that sounds like something someone would say in a bad relationship where you're at lunch and Do you're you like, like to get nasty. I don't have an answer for that. 
See? Yeah, no, there's nothing you can help. I'd like you to help me get real nasty. I'm talking about the nasty daddy, nasty style. You got to get naughty, nasty like a daddy that's the nasty, nasty, nasty one. He's slapping his nasty ass and showing people how you can eat grass. Yeah, he's talking to you like you're a cow. Fuck it. You know what it is now. Siri's got a big old wee and she got to go three. That's it. You know what? Hold on. That was nice. I'm putting this on the... That was on a Hallmark card. Okay, ready? Mm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put that on the internet. But what I wrote was, you heard everything I just said, and here's what she thought, thought I said. I'd like you to help me get a real nasty. I'm talking about the nasty daddy. Nasty style. You got to get naughty, nasty, like a daddy. The, the nas, 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 the one you slap, it is nasty ass. And showing people how you are, you can eat grass. Yeah, he's talked to you like you're a couch bucket. You know, when it's now series, go to Bigelow Lewis in the cicada, go three, that's it. <laughs> So she doesn't even yeah, know what I'm saying. She doesn't understand. It's a bad relationship. And she says it's not nice. And you know why? Because I said couch bucket. Yeah, it's the ca- that was that's what really threw her off. You know what? I don't. Wabi writes, I taught my niece to shy shy, and she says it nonstop. To shy shy, to shy shy. Even had to convince her parents it's nonsense and not a curse. I don't even think it was a curse. Um, he taught his niece to say it. Yeah, well, it could have been a curse. Bruce Juice writes, are mountain bikes just acoustic dirt bikes? I like it. Mount, are mountain bikes just... Yeah, I would say so. We just... K8 and I just bought... Um, I bought a vintage electric bicycle. And that's an electric bike with a throttle. And it goes 35 miles an hour without pedal. Where, where, where are you going to ride that in New York? We got them in Carmel by the Sea. And we're, no, 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 oh, we're going to yeah. put them out in Long Island. Where my father nice, lives, nice. so we're gonna ride him around out there at the very end of Long Island. I want to talk to you about all of the electric. And she got an Soto, which is like a chrome bike that is an assisted, so hers can go 15 miles an hour without yeah. pedaling. And um, <clears throat> hers is really cool looking, but we're we're really into it. I mean, we're excited about. These I want to talk to you more about this on the next episode. Scott writes, "Untuck it, purveyors of assless shirts." Untuck it, assless shirts. Purveyors of assless shirts. <laughs> it made me laugh. I, mean, I don't. No, I don't know no, if it totally why, makes sense, no, no, but no, I it like does, it. It doesn't quite make sense, but Untuck It is great. I have a lot of Untuck It shirts, but they're not. They don't have assless shirts. I don't understand. They, the they actually purveyors of extra ass shirts, extra ass cover mm, shirts, yeah. because they need them to be long enough to cover the butt. It's a strange concept because you can untuck anything anyway. Yeah, so but I think it's, it's like to be untucked. Do I need, some of these yeah. some of these button down shirts don't look great That's untucked. True. That's true. But I also agree with you. A lot of these button down shirts. Have the shirts confidence look to pull fun. anything yeah, out and have it, it be untucked. Pull it out. I mean, pull out your wang and chung yeah. it tonight. Hey guys, it's me on a Jeep Gladiator. Oh yeah, honk honk. 